The FBI has finally agreed to comply with a congressional subpoena. Isn't that gracious of them? The FBI actually going to obey the law after weeks of resistance. The FBI is going to show Congress the document that could implicate President Biden in a massive bribery scandal back when he was VP. This document, by the way, it's not classified. Okay, Christopher Ray, head of the FBI, he's been defying the subpoena for weeks. He's been protecting Biden, but it's not a classified document. There is no legal reason at all why they should not be handing over this document. And he's still not agreeing, by the way. He only released it because... He's been threatened to be held in contempt of Congress, but there's a catch. He's not actually releasing the document, not releasing it to the public. We will explain coming up. We're going to spend a little more time on the debt ceiling bill. Again, I don't want to beat this thing to death, but this was not a win for Republicans. There's a reason that Senator Chuck Schumer, we'll play you a clip of Chuck Schumer gloating, and it makes my skin crawl that the Democrats are actually celebrating the passage of the debt ceiling hike. Uh, Ocasio-Cortez is having a meltdown over a fake AOC Twitter account. It's a hilarious parody to AOC parody Twitter account. That story is coming up. Walgreens has redesigned its stores, at least some of its stores, to protect against shoplifters. They are locking up every aisle in the store except for two aisles. The store is literally filled with products that are behind locked glass. How far have we sunk? We'll tell you about that. President Biden is pressuring Israel to cover up details of the bogus nuclear deal that Biden is negotiating with Iran. Ron DeSantis says that he is going to engage in ballot harvesting in the 2024 election. Trump says the same thing. They're going to do ballot harvesting. Good for them. It's about time that Republicans level the playing field. I mean, the only way that they can ensure that the elections are fair is if they use the same tactics as the Democrats. You can't fight those tactics. You've got to do the same thing as the Dems, and it is legal in some states. We will get to all of that coming up. Let's begin with Ocasio. Ocasio-Cortez having a meltdown over an AOC parody account. It, now, it's, it was suspended. Apparently, this parody account is not new, but it was suspended by the old guard at Twitter. Suspended, I believe, for a couple of years, but then it got reinstated. By the way, it has disappeared. When I am, as I'm me recording this on Friday afternoon, this account now has disappeared. I don't know why. It's very unclear why, but it, for several days, it's just been tweeting out one after the next hilarious, hilarious tweets mocking Ocasio, and I don't think it's been suspended because it like doesn't even say this account is blocked. It literally d- disappeared, I believe. I don't know. We'll, we'll have to wait and see exactly what the story is. But what happened was one of the fake AOC tweets got a response from Elon Musk. And so Elon Musk is responding to the AOC parody account, and that got Ocasio very upset. So what did she do? She tweeted out to her followers. She said, there's a fake account. There's a parody account. Ignore this account, which was not the brightest. Ocasio trying to suppress that fake Twitter account, the parody account, actually gave it a massive, massive audience because at the time that she tweeted, hey, ignore that account. That's a parody account. It's a fake account. It's not me. At that point, this this account had like maybe like 10,000 followers, which is not that much in Twitter, in the world of Twitter. And then she tweeted it out to like her millions of followers and tell ignore it, ignore this account. It's like saying, don't think about a purple elephant. Whatever you do right now, don't think about a purple elephant. Well, what's going to happen? The, you can't help but think about a purple elephant. So not the result that Ocasio was hoping for, because like within a day, it had like t- over 200,000 followers, many more at the time that it disappeared. I mean, she was basically like it was the equivalent of putting up a billboard in Times Square. You can't make this stuff up. And let me read you some of the tweets here of this parody account. Number one, 
quote, to make wind, wind, windmills more effective. When the wind does not blow, we should have helicopters hover over each windmill and keep them turning year-round. Another tweet said, quote, if we don't move to 100% green energy, car emissions will kill off the human race, just like it did to the dinosaurs. Another tweet said, quote, to conserve water and save the planet, I am not going to bathe until 2027. And then another tweet said, quote, after brainstorming with my staff, I'm going to push Congress to make it illegal to joke, laugh, or make fun of me. Parody should be illegal, end quote. All right, so the debt ceiling deal uh, passed the Senate, okay? It's going to be signed into law, as we know. So again, I'm only going to spend a couple of minutes because we've gone through this all, and you know, I I don't want to rehash a lot of that. And some of you don't agree with me. Some of you think this is a win for the Republicans. It's certainly not a win for the conservatives, obviously, because not a single conservative voted in favor of this. I'm not even talking about like extreme right wing conservative, the House Freedom Caucus. I'm talking about middle of the road. And I'll prove it because in the Senate, the the 46 Democrats in the Senate voted yes, 17 Republicans. Okay, so this debt ceiling bill, which barely passed the Senate by 60 votes, had like 63 votes, 46 Democrats voted for it in favor, 17 Republicans, okay? And then you have Chuck Schumer gloating, and in the House, more Democrats voted in favor of this bill in the House than Republicans in the House, okay? So how can anybody tell me that this is a victory for Republicans, let alone conservatives, but how can anybody tell me? And look, I still like Kevin McCarthy. I support Kevin McCarthy. No, Kevin McCarthy is not a member of the swamp. He's not. This does not make him Paul Ryan or John Boehner. Kevin McCarthy, I believe... I'm not going to call him a MAGA Republican, but he supports the MAGA Republicans. Okay, he's not an enemy, and you know he's very he he is he's pretty conservative. I don't want to use the word very, but he's pretty conservative. And yes, I know Marjorie Taylor Greene. She suddenly is very supportive of McCarthy, and I know that she voted in favor of this. Lauren Boebert voted against. Matt Gates voted against. Jim Jordan voted in favor of this. I was surprised by that. I'll confess. I believe Jim Jordan, if I'm not mistaken, did vote in favor of the debt ceiling hike. But let me play you a clip here. Let me find it of uh, Chuck Schumer. Uh, touting this bill in the Senate, how big a win it is for Democrats, made my skin crawl. Listen to this clip. Now, Democrats are feeling very good tonight. We've saved the country from the scourge of default, even though there were some on the other side who wanted default, wanted to lead us to default. Like me. Like Trump. Maybe a little tired, but we did it. So we're very, very happy. Default was the giant sword hanging over America's head. But because of the good work of President Biden, as well as Democrats in the House and Democrats in the Senate, we are not defaulting. Democrats said from the start, we must take default off the table. For a long time, Republicans, many Republicans in the House resisted. House Republicans were ready to take default hostage in order to pass a radical, hard-right agenda that never could have passed with the American people. So tonight's outcome is very welcome news for our economy and for American families. I thank my colleagues for the good work tonight. Let me skip a little here. In the Republican bill are gone. Uh, Because we persisted and we kept insisting that default is off the table, we will not be defaulting. And we will not be passing the hard rights thanks to the Senate. But don't just listen to me. The proof is in the pudding. House Democrats swept the vote, 34 to 117. A higher percentage and number of Democrats voted for this in the House than Republicans did. And it was just repeated in the Senate. 
Democrats carry the bill to the finish line. But okay, so again, he's going on and on about no, two two points. He's trying to make the, the talking points. Number one, and he's overblowing it because he's making it all about default, as though like the Democrats fought and Democrats didn't default. A lot of Republicans did not want to default, but that's not the issue. The issue is that it, it, if you look at what's in the bill, the Democrats really made very few concessions. And at one point, I, you know, I can't find that now, but at one point, that's, Schumer did make that point, and he basically said, listen, we tore out you know, all these uh, tough spending cuts that the Republicans wanted to pass. We actually tore that out, which is you know, relatively accurate. And look, I, I still believe that McCarthy is going to cut spending, but the bottom line is I don't see real spending cuts, and here's why, because— most of the spending is non-discretionary. Again, we're going to get into the weeds here for just a moment, and then we'll move on to other issues of the day. It's mandated spending, okay? It's like exempt from the freeze. So there's a spending freeze, but that spending freeze, as I understand it, does not apply to Medicaid, Medicare, Social Security, food stamps, because they basically go up. That's what they call non-discretionary spending, which means like they have to spend that money. The government forces them to spend that money, at least the way the rules are written right now. So if people qualify for Medicare— elderly people, et cetera, then the Medicare, Medicare has to pay for it. The fund has to figure it out. Social Security, same story, okay? So that goes up depending on how many people qualify, and that goes up with inflation, okay? Social Security payments go up with inflation. Uh, so that's really the issue. McCarthy, you know, he's going and touting this, saying it's the biggest spending cut ever. That's misleading because that's only assuming that the spending freeze stays in place for the next seven years. It's not going to stay in place for seven years. McCarthy himself admitted that, that it's only if the Republicans stay in power. We don't know that they will. They're barely in power now. And even if they stay in power, there's no guarantee that they can keep passing it again and again. In addition, there's already massive spending because of COVID. Democrats want, want, got what they want because even with the spending freeze, spending levels are off the charts. Now, one caller said that this is a compromise. A caller said to me, he said, listen, I don't think this is as negative as an outcome as you're saying, because there's still a compromise here. Each side needs to get something. Basically, this caller said, listen, we only control one house in one branch of government. We don't control the White House. We don't control the Senate. So like, what do you expect? There's got to be a compromise. Each side has to gain and lose. And I thought about this for a long time, because I don't see it that way. To me, I see this as a loss. To me, you cannot raise the debt ceiling without heavy, heavy spending cuts. And it's like a compromise. Well, you know, we give a little, we take a little. And I thought about this. Why are others saying, people who are conservative are saying, listen, we got something, it's a start. Hopefully we'll keep chipping away. And my attitude is, this is like unacceptable. And uh, here, here's why. Here's what I think. Because it depends how you view this. So, you know, let's pretend you needed to do repairs on your house, right? So, well, okay, I want to do a paint job. I want to fix the walls. I want to fix, you know, make repairs here and there. I want to renovate the kitchen, whatever, right? So you make compromises. Well, I can afford this. I can't afford that. You know, the, 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 the house needs repair work or the house needs to be improved, renovated. So you compromise, you give and take, and that's, a, you know, come out to some sort of middle ground. I don't see it that way. To me, the house is on fire. The house is on fire. The house is burning down. Well, yeah, but listen, if you just paint it over here and just fix the siding and you just do the roof, the house is burning down. We got to put out the fire. So that's to me, it's like, well, we compromise, take a little, give a I don't see it that way. To me, spending is out of control. Trillions of dollars in debt, trillions of dollars in deficits. Uh, I mean, inflation, because of all the government spending, we now have massive inflation, massive redistribution of wealth, government programs. So to me, you literally have to hijack the process and cut trillions anything less is a, is a loss because I look at the house as on fire. So if the house is on fire, you can't say, well, I'll just paint, I'll do a paint job and then we'll do the rest later. Or I'll just renovate the kitchen countertops or, or whatever. You know, I'll just repair this little thing over here in the corner. No, 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 no. You have to put out the fire. You know, it's like you need to like fix your car and there's like some minor dents that need to be fixed. And it's like, well, okay, well, I'll fix this and I'll fix that. We'll leave the rest. Of, like the car is totaled. The car is totaled. Okay. It's because, I mean, 
Biden to me is the dollar twenty five tree president. Okay, Do- Biden's legacy is he turned Dollar Tree into dollar twenty five tree. In a nutshell, that Afghanistan and the border. That is the Biden legacy. Oh, and by the way, Iran is about to create a nuke. Oh, and by the way, there's a war going on between Russia and Ukraine, which hasn't happened in decades, that kind of thing. And it's, and as far as I'm concerned, Biden's done nothing to stop it, and it's causing, like, major world problems. So that's the legacy, okay? 23 straight months of inflation at above 5%, $8 trillion additional debt since 2020. So And it's COVID, right? COVID created this, like, major excuse for redistribution of wealth. It is pure socialism. They didn't have to raise taxes because all they did was just give out trillions in COVID relief and just expand all these programs, expand Medicaid, everything else. And oh, it's because of COVID. And, 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 And it's like, here we are years later, still paying the price. So that is the issue to me. And we're going to leave it there. Okay, President Biden took a fall. He was speaking at an Air Force Academy graduation ceremony. And as he got off the podium, apparently they're saying there was some kind of sandbag that he tripped over. It was not a pretty fall. You know, I do not like to discuss these sort of personal issues. I, you know, to me, I don't like the, we'll call it clickbait type of stuff, the gossipy type of stories. This is different. He's been falling frequently. Okay. We know about the cognitive issues. We know about all the different situ- you know, situations going on with Biden's mental health and he falls a lot, okay? He falls much more than any president that we've ever seen. And, and uh, th- that is something that's very disturbing because and, – and by the way, his, his policies and his legacy reflect you know, his cognitive decline because either he's making really bad decisions or more likely the people who control him – he has zero control, barely knows what's going on, and the people controlling him are trying to hurt the country for whatever the reason their agenda is to do that. I could come up with many explanations for that. They like – tanking the economy and open borders and everything else. We certainly understand all of that. So that's why Biden's mental health is so crucial. But here's the question, okay? Putting that aside, the media is mostly ignoring Biden taking this fall, okay? if Imagine if this were Trump. You don't have to imagine because, remember, it actually happened one time. You literally have Biden who, who frequently falls down or trips or makes mistakes or shakes hands with thin air. Like, he does all these things, right? It happens all the time. Trump... We had one moment. There was one. And if Trump did that, right, I mean, uh, forget it. The media, they'd be literally invoking the 25th Amendment. All we'd hear all the time, we'd have psychologists and, and mental health and neurologists and doctors all over the news media just talking about how Trump is unfit to lead. Trump is unfit. They talked about Trump have, being mentally unfit to lead even though he didn't have any of these things. You realize that? They just based on his tweets. They were like analyzing his tweets and saying, oh, you know, he's mentally unfit to lead. Let's invoke the 25th Amendment. I'm, that's not an exaggeration. What I'm saying there is actually a fact. And so you have Biden, who's fallen, tripping all over himself. And again, I don't want to get gossipy, but compare the coverage to Trump, who one time, remember, he slowly went down a ramp. He later explained that he was wearing very slippery shoes and it was wet and it was a steel ramp. So it was like very, very slippery. And he knew that if he fell, forget it, that would be it. The media it would be on video and the media would never, ever let him live it down. So he was extra careful. So he didn't even fall. Trump didn't even fall. He was just carefully walking down slowly, and the media gave it incessant coverage. It was plastered on every single mainstream media news channel, and they were talking about it for days. You had medical experts analyzing how Trump is walking slowly down this ramp. It was, it was so egregious. It was so disgraceful. And Biden, he's like in terrible, terrible shape, which is sad, by the way. It's just a sad situation. You feel bad like that they're He's being manipulated like this. And yet, what are they doing? They're, the media is ignoring it. Let me play this clip here from Congressman Byron Donalds, uh, basically making this point. That is something we don't need for our country. 
Um, you know, the rest of the world looks at that stuff as well. It's not good for us. Uh, but look, there's always been this hypocrisy between uh, uh, Republicans and Democrats. If a Republican had fallen like this, you're right. The 25th Amendment would be all the talk. On the, on the national news networks and in all the papers. That's what they would do. Uh, but with this president, they protect him. They're going to keep him in the basement. They're not going to let him talk to press, and they're all fine with it because at the end of the day, it's about accomplishing their agenda. And they feel that Joe Biden is going to help them accomplish that agenda, and they're going to protect him no matter what, regardless of the reality that every American is seeing. Congressman Byron Donalds, great to see That's you. Exactly Thanks. right. Okay, uh, let's move on here. Uh, Ron DeSantis says that he is going to do ballot harvesting. His campaign is going to engage in the practice of ballot harvesting. Ballot harvesting is when you have somebody go and collect other voters' ballots and submit them. Um, and and the, some some states, it's illegal. Some states, the voter has to submit their own ballot. These are usually done with mail-in ballots. But in some states, ballot harvesting is legal, where you can basically have one person go and collect ballots from different voters. Obviously, we can understand why uh, that would be beneficial, and the Democrats have totally taken advantage of this practice in some places legally, some places illegally. And DeSantis says, "Well, I'm going to do it now." There, you know, everyone's having a meltdown and making it like DeSantis saying he's doing something wrong. He's not because it's actually legal. So, listen to this clip. DeSantis was in Iowa, actually telling voters that this is his plan. Yes, we will. We will. So each state is different, right? So, so like in Nevada, they have they send everyone a ballot, which is bad. But we're going to do ballot harvesting. We're going to do ballot harvesting. I'm doing it. Yes. I'm not going to play fight with one hand tied behind my back. I'm not going to fight with one hand tied behind my back. I'm going to do ballot harvesting. Good for him. Good. We've been saying this forever. You've got to beat the Democrats at their own game. You've got to level the playing field. They're using every dirty tactic. And again, in a state, the, the media is having a meltdown. All uh, DeSantis says he's going to do ballot harvesting. Isn't that illegal? No, it's only illegal in some states. It's legal in other states. And honestly, what what would you say? Let's say in a state where it is illegal. Let's say the Democrats are doing it, and we know the Democrats are doing it. So would you say, well? We should not do it. I mean, like, so you're literally supposed to have an unfair, knowingly have an unfair election because the Democrats are breaking the rules. So you don't break the rules. Like somebody tell me what's the answer there? Like, if you know they're going to win by cheating. So do you cheat? Do you not cheat? And if you don't cheat, then, you know, they're winning unfairly. But there's no way to prove it because we can never claim election fraud because then you get labeled a crazy MAGA January 6th Republican. Right. Meanwhile, Trump recently sent a fundraising email saying the same thing. Trump is also going to engage in ballot harvesting. I'm so happy to see this. This is what I, what I keep saying is the only edge, the Demo Democrats have two advantages. Number one, they have all sorts of tactics for election fraud. They let these illegals in and they vote Democrat. And, you know, they all the other dirty tricks that they do, you know, and, and number two, things like Mail-in ballots. Mail-in ballots has been has been a huge benefit for the Democrats, as everybody knows. That like started back in 2020 because they used COVID as an excuse for universal mail-in ballots. Because the Democrats they use it to their advantage. They encourage voters to use mail-in ballots, and then Republicans wait till the day of, and then at that point there's all sorts of glitches, and they end up unfairly hurting the Republicans, not the Democrats. So you need to fight fire with fire. You need to use the, the you need to neutralize the Democrats' advantage by following the same tactics. Trump campaign sent a fundraising email saying, "Quote: Six battleground states have legalized ballot harvesting." And the campaign highlighted very crucial swing states, Arizona, Georgia, Michigan, Nevada, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin. 
And the, literally, here's, here's a quote from the email. This is a fundraising email sent out by the Trump campaign at the beginning of the year. President Trump made a major announcement that our campaign would ballot harvest in states where it's legal to counter the left's schemes. And then the emails asked for contributions to support the ballot harvesting fund. This didn't, I, I don't know. I haven't seen this get a lot of attention, but Trump, Trump's campaign actually has a ballot harvesting fund. How great is that? So um, Republicans have realized, wait a second, why are we bashing the practice of ballot harvesting and then letting the Democrats beat us this way? We've got to actually use it to our advantage. Uh, former Governor Chris Christie of New Jersey has entered the presidential race. Mike Pence, former VP, has entered the presidential race. Clearly, they are gluttons for punishment. <laughs> I mean, you can't make this stuff up. Look, we know that Trump is not going to pick Chris Christie, his, uh, his enemy, as a running mate. We know Mike Pence is not. Is obviously not going to be Trump's running mate. We've been there, done that. So do they think they're going to win? Do they think maybe DeSantis is going to win? Then he chooses one of them as a running mate. Are they just trying to increase their equity? Are they trying to set up for 2028? I don't know. But Christie has no chance. Mike, The only one with a chance right now is DeSantis. That could change. I want to be clear. We're still very early on. So could Mike Pence end up coming much closer to Trump in the polls and DeSantis in the polls? Yes, it is possible. I want to be very clear. You know, people sometimes get sucked into believing the polls were like in June of 2023. There are months to go before the first primary, right? So I don't want to, like, get ahead of ourselves here. I, I, I don't think I don't think Chris Christie has much of a chance because he just has so much baggage with Bridgegate and everything else. But, I, you know, I don't know what his end game is over here. Uh, I do want to play you here. But, but look, it's going to get heated. And, and again, you, you, we're going to see Trump. Uh, attack anybody who attacks him, and maybe some people don't attack him. So we, we, we the Jeb Bush treatment, right? He's gonna do that. He's already doing it to DeSantis Trump. So if you get in his way, if you kind of lay low, like Nikki Haley, I don't think uh, Nikki Haley's gotten on Trump's radar yet. You know, I don't, I don't think he has a nickname yet for Nikki Haley, as far as I'm aware. But once he has a nickname for you, you know, he calls DeSantis the sanctimonious or whatever. Uh, and again, look, the ugliness is going to happen. You can like it, you can dislike it, but just accept it. It's a fact. And you have DeSantis, by the way, who's been starting to attack Trump, which is interesting because DeSantis may play hardball. That could come back to hurt DeSantis, obviously, because we know that, you know, if Trump decides to target you, you get in Trump's crosshairs. He has literally destroyed. He destroyed Jeb Bush's candidacy. I don't think anybody would deny that. Um, So listen to this clip of DeSantis taking a swipe at Trump. So you talked about uh, changing your tone a little bit with former President Trump. I don't believe you mentioned him here by name tonight, but does this mean you're going to be a bit more aggressive with campaigning against him? So look, I'm going to respond to uh, attacks. I mean, if if you say Cuomo did a better job with COVID than Florida did, first of all, that's not what he used to say. This is like new. Like six months ago, he would have never said that, right? He used to say how great Florida was. Hell, his whole family moved to Florida under my governorship. Are you kidding me? Um, so, so some of this stuff, I think, is look. If someone is saying that, I am gonna I am gonna counterpunch. I'm gonna fight back on it. I'm gonna focus my fire on Biden. And I think he should do the same. He gives Biden a free pass. Um, I'm focusing on Biden. That's my focus. Now, I want to point out DeSantis. So, look, he's getting tough there with Trump and obviously defending himself because Trump has attacked DeSantis' record on COVID. Uh, DeSantis has praised Dr. Fauci, but that was a very long time ago. And people are saying, look, you know, that was before people realized everything that Fauci was all about. Now, looking back, you know, we have 2020 hindsight. But I, I, I just want to mention that, you know, DeSantis... He's setting himself up here where Trump can attack him back. 
And look, we'll have to wait and see. But 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 DeSantis, he, he at one point he made a comment. He said, uh, you know, you need to elect me because I can have an eight year term. I can have eight years. I can have two terms. Trump only has four years max. And, and, and you're going to need eight years. Biden's made such a big mess that it's going to take eight years to clean up the mess. But Trump maximum is only allowed four, obviously, because he already had his first term. I can have eight years. I think that's a silly argument. You know, to me, DeSantis, you know, because four years is plenty of time. Trump has a proven track record. DeSantis does not, not as president. And uh, it's very hard to get things done as a Republican president when you're under the microscope and the media is bashing you every day and you have things like the Russia hoax going on. And Trump still managed to do that. Right. So and again, I'd be perfectly fine. I'd be very supportive of DeSantis. I don't want to come out like I'm being negative about DeSantis. But that's a weak argument to say four years. Four years is a long time. Look how look how much of a mess Biden's made. And it's only been what, like two and a half years. But the issue is and Trump did a lot in his first four years, by the way. To me, if you if DeSantis, the strategy is as follows. Look at all of Trump's baggage. Look at the mean tweets. Look at January 6th. He's been impeached twice. Look at the indictments. DeSantis should say, I have all the values that Trump has. I stand for all the conservative principles. I, I, I'm, I also want to make America great again. And I don't have the negatives. I don't have the baggage. Again, that doesn't mean that I'm saying that I don't support Trump. You guys know how I feel about Trump. My point just is I think that's going to be a much stronger strategy, much better strategy for DeSantis than saying, oh, you need, you know, eight years, not four years. All right. So Kevin McCarthy threatened to hold Chris Ray in contempt. James Comer, head of the Oversight Committee, they threatened to hold Chris Ray in contempt of Congress because he refused to comply with the subpoena. And he's still not fully complying, as I'll get to what I'll explain in a moment. But listen to this clip of Kevin McCarthy. This is before Chris Ray agreed to show it to Two congressmen listen to Comer this subpoenaed clip. the document that he's requested. We have jurisdiction over the FBI, which they seem to act like we do not. I personally called uh, Director Ray and told him he needs to send that document. Today is the deadline. So let me not just tell you. Let me tell Director Christopher Ray right here, right now. If he misses the deadline today, I am prepared to move contempt charges in Congress against him. We have jurisdiction over this. He can send us that document. We have the right to look at that. Republicans and Democrats alike in that committee. And if he does not follow through with the law, we will move contempt charges against Christopher Ray and the you FBI. Says, they are Mr. not Speaker. above the law. This is why I like McCarthy. McCarthy, he's not Paul Ryan. He's not John Boehner. They never would have done this. McCarthy is strong. He is willing to challenge uh, the bureaucrats, challenge the FBI, challenge the DOJ, who, who who are literally out to protect Biden and the Democrats. Ray was appointed by Trump, I'll remind you. And still he's sitting there protecting Biden. So the document in question is called an FD-1023 form. Okay, it's an FBI-generated FD-1023. It's not classified. It's basically the FBI taking notes of a witness or of an informant or of information that they got from some sort of source. And this one, Christopher Ray has already admitted that this document exists. So it's not like this story is fabricated. And this could be have massive, massive implications as far as Biden's crimes and cover-ups and Biden basically accepting millions of dollars in bribes when he was the VP. So this is huge. The problem is they're not releasing it to the public. So because McCarthy and Comer threatened, and you heard McCarthy in that clip, very strong, saying, we're going to hold you in contempt. We're going to make sure you you, you, you you comply with the law. And what is Christopher A. doing? He's not saying, I'll make it public. He's saying, I'll let you guys see it. I'll let two congressmen see it. So it's still very, very disturbing. But this document allegedly describes a $5 million criminal scheme when Joe Biden was VP along with a foreign national exchanging money with Biden in exchange for policy decisions. So basically giving millions of dollars, $5 million to Biden or to like 
uh, businesses in, that, that, that were funneling the money to Biden in return for political favors. A foreign government allegedly gave millions of dollars to Joe Biden in return for political favors. And this document proves it or at least strongly, strongly is strong evidence to that effect. Here's what's going to happen. OK, Christopher A. says, I'll bring the document to, to Congress, but you're only allowed to view it in a skiff. A skiff is a room, a very secure room for viewing highly classified information. You're not allowed to bring a phone in there. It's where they view classified information. It's not classified. There's, this is inexcusable because this document is not classified. Legally, there is no problem whatsoever. They could literally plaster this thing on the front page of every newspaper in the country. So they're protecting Biden. Why? I, one would think the likeliest conclusion to draw is because this this document is evidence that Biden committed crimes and they're trying to cover it up. So James Comer and Oversight Committee ranking member Jamie Raskin, a Democrat, they're going to get to view this thing in a skiff. Again, this comes only not because Christopher Ray is a good guy, not because he wants to obey the law or be gracious, but because he was threatened with being held in contempt of Congress. And they know he knows that McCarthy is serious. So, again, Afterwards, we'll have to see what Comer says, you know, how, uh, w- what he relates, what he conveys to us as far as what he viewed as far as the document goes. But he can't take a picture of it. So, uh, you know, maybe he can, like, write down for his own notes what's in there or whatever. But this thing, they have to demand that it gets public. But at least this is a step in the right direction. Um, Comer claims the documents prove that Biden, the Biden family set up dozens of shell companies to conceal millions of dollars received from foreign nationals, and Comer apparently still feels that Ray is violating a congressional subpoena despite allowing him to view it in this skiff. So he ha- he hasn't yet said, agreed to not hold Christopher Ray in contempt. We'll have to wait and see. A caller made the point. The media, remember how the media slammed DeSantis over Disney and talking about how DeSantis lost Florida a billion dollars and thousands of jobs because Disney had this project that they were going to do, generate lots of money and lots of jobs, and now they're moving it to a different state because DeSantis has waged war on Disney. And obviously DeSantis did the right thing there. But that, but the caller made a different point, which is contrast the media coverage. The media is making it as though, like, DeSantis is an enemy of Disney. He's, like, doing something terrible. Even though DeSantis is right, Disney is woke. Disney's brainwashing little children with incredibly immoral things. So DeSantis is absolutely right to be waging war on Disney. And, yeah, there's a sacrifice there, but at least he's doing it to stand up for his values and principles and morals. Meanwhile, contrast that, as the caller said, to Ocasio. Remember Ocasio with Amazon, um, when Amazon had this plan to move their headquarters to New York City, and that would have been a huge boost, huge boost for New York City's economy. That was pre-COVID, by the way. Now that would have come in extremely, extremely valuable, considering what's happened to New York City post-COVID. And Ocasio basically put a stop to it. She didn't like it, you know, because uh, she was worried, what, that it would raise the the house values, it would make it, make houses difficult to afford. Like, that's a good thing, okay? Economic prosperity in your city is a good thing. When when the economy is booming and, therefore, house prices go up, that's not a bad thing. You're not supposed to be—but, but of course, Ocasio, to her, to her it is a bad thing because she's a socialist. So she doesn't like capitalism. She doesn't like what Amazon stands for even though Amazon's pretty woke too, and she doesn't like having to work for a living. She likes people living off the government. So Amazon comes to New York City. That only helps working people. doesn't help people who are living off government programs. So she killed it, okay? And yet you don't have the media uh, bashing her and slamming her the way they did to DeSantis. Chicago over Memorial Day weekend was, I mean, just a bloodbath. I'm sorry for using those words. Those are horrible, insensitive words. I apologize. Uh, it just slipped out. But 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 what we do need to focus on is the crime in Chicago is ramping out of control. And who are the victims? The victims are black people. And yet the Democrats don't care one bit. Fifty people over Memorial Day weekend in Chicago, 
50 people were shot and killed. Okay, so let me read you a tweet here from somebody who actually works with underprivileged people. Quote, no Democrats crying for gun control, no attacks on the mayor of Chicago for being soft on crime, even though 50 people were shot and killed. Why? Because most of the victims were black. The mayor is a soft on crime, defund the police Democrat. Democrats love it when blacks kill each other off. I'm just quoting you the tweet here. I'm not saying that's accurate. Saves them the trouble of having to do it themselves with their bad policies. I've said this before, and I'll say it 100 more times because it's true. Nobody votes Democrat ever gets anything for their vote. I feed the poor for a living, so I know. Black folks are not getting anywhere under Democrats. Uh, black poverty is worse than ever. Black literacy is worse than ever. Black unemployment is worse than ever. All Democrat cities, all Democrat policies. Chicago is run by Democrats. Keep voting Democrat and yet blame the Republicans when things go wrong. That's the end of the tweet. Well said. Uh, and we know Trump had the lowest black unemployment rate in history. Walgreens has unveiled new anti-theft measures. Their redesigned store only has two aisles of products that you can actually touch. Uh, this is going to be, this is in, they're rolling this out in Chicago and some customers are not happy. What a surprise. It's just, it's, it's just disgraceful that we've come to this. The, we, the redesigned store with anti-shoplifting measures, basically shoppers order from a kiosk. Most items you got to order from a kiosk and then employees go and gather the items and bring it to you, except for two, uh, two aisles, you know, probably aisles that have products that people don't have any interest in shoplifting. So this is what's happening here is you literally have these stores. Again, Chicago, Democrat City, no surprise. Shoplifting rampant. Looting is rampant. Um, so Walgreens now is caving into this. And look, they have to just for the sake of profits because you can't sustain a store where people can just walk in and steal things and walk out and not have to pay. I mean, that, that doesn't work. That like That's not exactly how you run a – you know, it's not exactly the recipe for success in running a profitable business. So uh, there's two rows of shelves that are under five feet tall where team members can observe what the customers are doing at all times and any other products aside from those two small aisles of essentials. Oh, there you go. So it's aisles of essentials and they're being highly monitored, closely monitored. Every other aisle, you're going to have to go to a kiosk and digitally select items and then pick them up later on from members, you know, employees of the store. It's just egregious. Hunter Biden is not going to be charged with a felony for lying on an application for a gun license. The ATF, they say they're skeptical of charging Hunter Biden because he has no prior criminal criminal record. Can't make this stuff up. Again, Hunter Biden, he's a Democrat. He's the president's son, so he's never going to be indicted. The slimiest man on the planet, but he has no criminal record. So the ATF, they're skeptical. They're skeptical about charging Hunter Biden. The fix is in, as we know. Um, officials at the ATF say that they're skeptical. No prior criminal, No prior criminal history. No prior criminal history. I mean, this is like one of the dirtiest people. I mean, the cocaine addiction and all the emails and the millions of dollars and Burisma in China and everything else. He doesn't have a criminal record. So the ATF, like literally, if I if I put this in a novel and I, if I had said this was fiction, you'd say this is just ridiculous. Nobody would ever believe this. And, and it's and it's reality. This is the reality we're living in. All right. So Biden is trying to basically uh create a deal here, cut a deal between the Saudis and the and Israel. And where have I heard that before? Basically, it's another version of the Abraham Accords, which Trump gets zero credit for, Jared Kushner gets zero credit for. We're going to have to wait, I guess, till next time to deal with this. But in a nutshell, Biden's putting pressure on Israel. He wants to cut a deal between Israel and the Saudis, but there's going to be a lot of pressure placed on Israel. They're going to make Israel, if this goes through, which again, I don't know the status, they would make Israel make concessions, give over like land back to the Palestinians because the Saudis are demanding that. And Israel would have to be silent about a lot of bad aspects of the 
nuclear deal that Biden is trying to sign with the Iranians. So this could just be a disaster in in, in so many different ways. Um, and the Biden administration, they cannot stand the, the Israeli government. They cannot stand Netanyahu. They cannot stand the latest, the current Israeli government because they feel that the Israelis are too right-wing to our line because the Israelis actually want to protect their citizens from terrorism and from an Iranian nuclear weapon. I mean, it's totally disgraceful, but we'll have to get to that hopefully next time. That's going to do it for today, and we will see you next time.